Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Her Pocketbook Podcast. Tonight, we are welcoming our special guest, Dr. Roche Brown. Dr. Roche Brown is affectionately known as the doctor of rethinking. As a licensed clinical psychologist, radio guest, financial coach, and professor, Dr. Brown challenges her audience members to remix their thinking, to cause a mind shift into a new way of being on the journey of spiritual, psychological, and financial development. Sit back with us as we discuss the relationship black women have with money and how taking a psychological approach to handling it is imperative to our financial success. So you have many titles under your belt. <laughs> you are a professor, financial coach, clinical psychologist, and then the one that I love the most is the doctor of rethinking, also Arthur. But can yes. you just let us know, how did you even get to be the doctor of rethinking? A little bit about your background and how you just became the doctor of rethinking. So the doctor of rethinking came about actually maybe a, a, a few years ago um, when, um, you know, I was, I'm already a licensed clinical psychologist and I used to be on a radio show. And on the radio show, um, we used to talk about rethinking, rethinking yourself, um, you know, rethinking um, areas of like spirituality. And so uh, since I was always the person who brought in the psychological principle um, to what we were talking about, um, I became known as the doctor of rethinking. Um, how I kind of got into this field of, you know, psychology as well as got into like finances um, was, you know, I'm from a, a place in California, the Bay Area. I'm from Oakland, California. Oakland. That's where I'm low. That's where I'm from. And um, and what people may know about Oakland, like, like okay, Keisha Cole, y'all know about Keisha Cole? Y'all know about Too <laughs> Short? short. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, the first African-American female vice president right. is also from Oakland, you know. And so I grew up in Oakland and, you know, I grew up in um, household like a lot of people may experience where um, there are people in my family who were dealing with substance use. They were dealing with like kind of poor money management and um, um, were on like uh, welfare and um, getting money on the first and not having money again on the by the third. Right. And it was a, that was the environment that I was in, and the environment was kind of a little bit of chaos. And so, with that, um, even though chaos was happening around me, I always wanted to understand it. Like, what? Why is that happening? Where is it coming from? What is their history? And so, that led me into the um, field of psychology to really just understand, you know, what was going on for people, um, and even and what's going on for myself. You know, having grown up in that environment. And then a little bit later, as I started to be um, a psychologist, I recognized another pain point that we have, not only within our mindset, um, mental health um, wise, was also like a financial area. And so that's when I really started to dive deeper into understanding finances a little bit better as well. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, your, your background, your upbringing, um, it shapes how you think about money, how you think about your finances, how you think about your mental health when you grow up. Definitely. I mean, everything like, you know, shape, shapes us. I was just, um, you know, this month actually is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I was looking at um, a young lady's IV Live. And that was the question of like, how do we get mental health issues? Right. And, you know, there's all kinds of different things, you know, like trauma, there's abuse. Um, there's people modeling certain behaviors for us. 
right? That is shaping us. Right. People tell us what to do, but more important, it's not like, you know, what you tell me not to do is what I see you do is what I'm actually going to start modeling within my life. Yeah. And no one taking the time to explain. Well, who don't even understand. They're just kind of mimicking yeah. <laughs> what, what they saw their parents do. So now you, you just said something about May being uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. So this month is, you know, a month to educate ourselves on mental health and how to get help. And so your approach to psychology, for anyone listening, where would we start? Like, what are the first steps to even say, okay, I want to go on this journey to try to help myself? Where do I even start? Well, so, you know, there's different like levels, right? You know, there's a spectrum when it comes down to mental health, um, where, you know, sometimes we just want to do a little like tune up and a check in about our mental health. Um, and then there's, um, some, sometimes that we're having more severe symptoms and we need to get some extra support. I think one area that's going to be extremely important for people is, um, is going to be the self care aspect, right? So a lot of times, you know, we're doing so much in our lives, you know, um, maybe you like you wear many, many hats in your life. Maybe you're like uh, you're at work and you're leading a team at work. You're also coming home and you happen to be a wife um, or a husband or you have to also be a parent at the same time. You have to then take care of your parents. You know, you have like sisters and brothers, um, people that are like depending on you. So you have all these different roles and you're being stretched really, um, really thin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, and then on top of that, you have the world that we're living in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and all that is impacting you. And so it, it's important for us to take a little time for self-care. Um, I use an acronym around self-care. For care means C is to cast, A is attention, R is responsibility, and then E is energy into the self, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of times we need to take a moment you know, get ourselves our mental health day, right? Where you just take off of work and take off of from some of those roles, right? So you get out of maybe not having to be, you know, a spouse that day. You get out of not having to be a parent in that moment and you allow yourself to have time, whatever that may look like for you. If you're able to do a full, um, you know, overnighter, even better, right? You get a hotel, you financially able to do that and just sit there and start to be reflective, or maybe you only can get a couple of hours and you can go to a park or something and get into some nature. Um, but you give yourself some time to think about your life. And you think about like, you know, where where in my life should I be giving myself more attention? Mm -hmm. You know, where do I have responsibility to be giving more to myself? Because I'm not able to pour from like an empty cup, mm -hmm. right? So I need to figure out like if I'm pouring all the time to everybody else, where am I getting uh, my moments of feeling um, being filled up? You know, am I taking enough time of energy to fill myself? And so I often tell people kind of going through like um, what are like I call the eight F, right? So you want to look at your family. You know, are you setting the right type of boundaries? Are you giving them the right type of energy and love? Um, and are you getting enough love and energy back from them? You know, when you look at your friendship circles, what's happening in, in your friendship circles? Um, when it comes down to your finances, right? What are you doing when it comes down to your finances? Are you giving some attention and energy into that area? Um, when it comes down to um, your fitness, right? Your food, what are you doing in those areas? Um, are you thinking about your future? You know, like uh, thinking about your career, thinking about business. Where do you, where would you like to be that you're not at this very moment? Um, and then also fun. I think 
that like a lot of people don't think about fun mm-hmm, and all. like are you a, are you experiencing fun and enjoyment in your life or are you always working 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 busy 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 always giving 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 and you know not at least enjoying that's a hard pill to swallow for some people just taking the time out for self-care because you end up feeling so mm-hmm. guilty like if you know am I being selfish because you know I'm just leaving the house for a couple of hours and I just want to be by myself Am I being selfish because I've just, you know, gifted myself with a trip alone? You know, it's just hard for some people to wrap their mind around me. Yeah, I think that, you know, women in particular, we're like socialized to always be nurturers and always be like constant givers. Right. And so we're not really given a lot of models on how to be like self-full. Right. We right. always are thinking selfish right. is being is, is, is the bad aspect. Um, but one thing that's really always important that I have noticed in, um, in, in particularly mothers, I tend to see it more than anything, is that when they are overwhelmed and have too many demands on themselves, mm-hmm. that irritability becomes extremely high. Right. Oh. So now you're in this place like you're angry and you're impatient. Definitely. So I feel it all the time. <laughs> I'm agitated. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like you. You know, and you just feel like, you know, you, you impatient, so you yelling at your kids. Mm-hmm. Is that actually your best self showing up for your child? Right. And your children? You know, like now you're yelling at your spouse, right? Every little thing that, like, you know, he's doing um, is like, it's irritating you, right? Now you're not even being, showing up in as present with maybe, you know, the customers that you serve. Right. You know, now you're angry at your boss. So all these things are happening um, and that's the main area where you see it is that you're like irritable everywhere you're going. Right. And that means that if you were to give yourself one day, you will show up better for all these people for months. Yeah. At least, you know, compared at least, to you're actually harming them. <laughs> yeah. At least by time showing to that negative down. energy. Yeah. Yeah. Time to just calm down to just <laughs> take a breath by yourself. Yes. Yeah. You know, take it, take a deep breath. And I mean, now, I mean, the best area of self-care is not even just taking that one day, but it's like incorporating in your life, you know, that you wake up, you take a couple of five deep breaths. I always tell people, people like, I don't have no time to be taking no breaths and I don't have no time to slow down. I like to take it in the shower. You got to go there. <laughs> right. You should go. <laughs> right? like, so, you know, so while you're in the shower, you know, take a couple of deep breaths. You know, give yourself some affirmations that you like to say to yourself to command your day, to expect only good things from your day. Like if you need good things from your spouse and you need to speak (laughs) good things over your spouse. If you need good things from your children, you need to speak good things over your children. If you need the good things coming from your job, you need to speak those things. Right. And so you you take that time and and this literally will take you like maybe two, three minutes (laughs) to take a couple of, take five deep breaths. And just speak those things and you can come up with those things um, and say the same thing every single day. And that'll just be your mini self-care that is really going to change the game for you every day. You have um, a fi- the financial coaching aspect of your services. Now, here's a question that I have for you, because it's unique that you are a psychologist and also financial coach. So my question is, and this is just something that a couple of girlfriends and I were talking about the other day. So we were talking about Mm how, um, again, as women, (laughs) because most of our audience is women anyway. So again, as women, 
and I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for everybody, but I know plenty of people that um, are in the same situation. I am mm-hmm. an emotional spender. So, you know, if if something's going great, I'm excited about something, I'm celebrating something, you know, my first thing is, oh, I'm got to go buy something. Let me go spend some money. And then on the flip yeah. side, if I'm upset, if I'm sad, I'm like, let me get up. I'm going to go walk through the mall. And then at the end of the month, end of the week, end of the day, I find myself with all these impulse buys. And now I'm mad at myself that I spent all this money, but it was all based on, emo- yeah. right? So, it was, but it was all based on emotion. So looking at mm-hmm. you having both sides of the coin, the um, psychological side and then the money side, do you correlate those two when it comes to your financial coaching? Like, so, you know, when you think about financial coaching, someone sits you down, here's what you have, here's where you're trying to go, here's how you can do it. But a lot of people don't take the mental part of it. Like, how do you even think about money? Like, what is it that's when you get emotional that makes you run right to your pocketbook? So, yeah, it's it's extremely important because I realized, you know, over time for people that, you know, it's not about money, right? Like I oftentimes when I, um, I, I start, um, seeking engagements or even just talk to people, I'll say like, do you want more money? And everybody's like, yes, I want more money. I want more money. Um, but I recognize that more money just makes you more of who you are. Mm-hmm. Who are you in your relationship with money? And money is a relationship like any other. So if we look at like, you know, how do we learn relationships? We learn them indirectly and directly from what people tell us or do. And so I like to get a, a more deeper for people to see, you know, what has been your relationship with money, you know, asking them more about like, kind of like, what were your money memories? You know, who, who was showing you about money? Who was that money, money model, you know, and how did that develop like your current, like money story? Like what, what happens with you with, with money? So I kind of like to go through that process with people so they can have an understanding of what that may look like for them. And then they can now understand their current money pattern. So like what is motivating you um, when you're excited and you want to reward yourself, right? So how do we do that in a safe way that we're not putting you in a place that you're going into debt, right? Because rewarding yourself is, 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 is not no problem with that. But we need to have to uh, have a little bit more understanding of like what goes on that made you need that reward, right? Like, what are you trying to fill up in that moment, you know? And then also like on the flip side, uh, when things are um, going bad for you, you know, and you decide to go walking in the mall um, and you just like buy things that you don't really need, you know, we need to understand how do we understand your emotions beforehand? (laughs) And what are some other ways to cope? Because the reason why you're using that as your coping skill is because that's the coping skill that you know and feels the most familiar to you, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to figure out, like, what are some other coping skills that we can start to practice in this moment um, versus something that's going to make you feel worse later on. Kind of like the idea of, like, any level of addiction, right? Whether your addiction is, like, substances or food or whatever the case is, is that we have to understand the triggers that happened before it um, and we have to understand, like, you know, what can we do to replace um, this maladaptive, mal meaning bad, adaptive, because we've learned that, it, that it's worked for us here and there. Um, but how do we change this maladaptive thing into something that is going to be more positive 
And so that takes like, that's where the psychological aspect comes in for, for me when I'm doing the, doing uh, like almost like some financial therapy for people mm-hmm. is that I need to get, I need to uncover what's really, what's really going on for you. Right. And, and where did you learn this pattern and how is this, how, how has this pattern served you throughout your life and how has it not <laughs> served you um, in your life? And then we like create, we create like um, some organization around your money to, to fulfill some aspects. So some of it you may be able to reward, but maybe you can buy yourself a hundred dollar pair of shoes. So maybe you get some slides or something like that, <laughs> like purses you buy in like you know a $500 pair of shoes right Right. we have to figure out like what makes sense based on your budget and where you are so that's when we look at the numbers let's talk about these books that you have okay so yeah I have a couple of books um one book is um the 31 day self-love challenge that was like my first book that ended up coming out it's it's in journal format you know there's history behind how it came to be it started off being like a, a, a real book that you can read like read all about my life but then I was like I don't want everybody to know all my life story but it came from uh you know a breakup so somebody broke my heart you know what I'm saying we didn't experience it he cheated he was tripping he didn't know no better right uh-huh. and so and how what that process led me to <laughs> and so that was what the book initially was but what I recognized in that process of the book when, when it happened, because, you know, I was really like heartbroken um, from it and thinking that I was so like great and mighty that it wasn't going to happen to me. Right. Like, how could that occur, occur you know, right. recognizing that like there were other areas that were exit signs in the relationship that I chose not to take. I didn't leave the relationship. So I, I had to think through through that for myself and say, Maybe I'm not loving me, you know, as much as I need to. And so I went through this like process of going through like 31 days of like self-love. And I was just like telling myself to do intentional tasks every single day to love on me. And so that was like my first, uh, my first book was a 31 day self-love challenge. And so that, that's like on Amazon and it's a 31 day self-love challenge with Dr. Roche. And then um, later on, maybe years, a couple years later, I created a dream journal. The dream journal was really made um, because of my life as well. Like when I was 14 years old, I had decided that I was going to be a psychologist or a pediatrician. Like I, I told myself that I wrote it down in this book. I didn't know nothing about no manifestation, nothing about no law of attraction, you know, nothing about even journaling. I just so happened to be writing some things about who I was going to be um, in the future. Um, it led me, I, I didn't even look at the book until after I already became a doctor. Like I, I became a psychologist when I was 25 years old. So I got my doctor's degree at 25. I believe the reason why I got it so quickly is because my I had made the plan at 14. Yeah. You know, not knowing who a psychologist was, never hadn't gone to a psychologist, <laughs> like, but I was like, I'm going to be one of those. I was like, I was like, where did that come from? Like, I, I look back and I'm like, who was a psychologist in my life? How did I even find out the term? You know, because nobody was really a psychologist. But I made that decision at that time that that's what I was going to be. I was going to help people with their mind. I knew I knew that what they did. And I know that I felt like I could help people because that was something that I was doing unintentionally at 14 (laughs) and so I got done very quickly and so that's how the dream journal um like came came to be and then I had like a couple of ebooks around like uh, around money um you know renewing your mind around money my mind on my money book 
that like a wealth building strategy that people should just kind of be aware of as well. People don't realize the power of writing things down. You know, like you said, you were 14 and you wrote something down and stuck to that. I feel like, I mean, manifestation is so real. <laughs> and that was before I understood what it was. Yeah. You know, but, you know, they say write the vision in scripture. It says write the vision and make it plain. Yeah. You know, and it was something that I was doing. And so that's why I really suggest, like, for all, like, parents to actually encourage your child to, you know, write down their vision, you know, sit with them and then allow them to be imaginative and dream and create possibilities in their lives. So, you know, when kids yes. kids say things, oh, I want to be this, oh, I want to do this, you're kind of like, what? But in their mind, it's attainable. Yes, right. It's definitely possible. Like, the world hasn't, like, you know, thrown them any kind of blows of negativity. Like, right. they may have thrown you that in your life. They're not right. tainted at all. They just speak in their mind freely. Yeah. I, I remember hearing a, um, a, a mom one time say uh, to her daughter, she's like, oh, I want to be a doctor. And she's like, oh, that's going to take a long time in school. You know, but she said it in a way that would have made her um, stray away from becoming it. Yeah, just and something me. that simple, you know, just going to mess up the whole like her whole possibility. Yeah, just because you just limited her beats down her self-esteem already. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like you're already saying that, you know, and, it, and it's so interesting because a lot of people said that, to, you know, not to me, but like other other um, people my age were like, oh, man, you'll be in school forever. Um, until I got out once you realize like when you're when you're maybe 16 25 years old seems far away yeah <laughs> but once you're 25 and other people are 25 you know they're gonna be like wait a minute you have a doctor degree like now it changes like completely and I'm considered young still right, right. like and they looking I'm at their life anybody. they're looking at their life like well what did I do I wasted all this time <laughs> right exactly I'll never forget as a young um a guy uh, who, me and him, lived in the same neighborhood. Uh, there was like a whole block party for him when he, when it was time for him to go off to college. He got a scholarship. And then he was gone for maybe a year or two. And he never went back to school. Hmm. And I ended up like, and I would come back home. I went to school in um, New Orleans. So I went to Xavier University in New Orleans. And so I would come back every, you know, semester, every summer and different things like that. It wasn't until I, he had stopped going to school. He just was like on the block at this point and he was like what you got your bachelor's then it was like what you got your master's what and he was at the same place and he and, and he, all he could do was say what to me because i just kept on growing and he was at the same exact place right just, you know at the same soup in the front of his house <laughs> like you know chilling. just a trip do you have any um, workshops or um like speaking engagements or anything coming up anytime soon Yes. So um, what I like to um, help people with, I have uh, uh, one way to get in touch with me. The best way would be um, to kind of join like my community and join my email list by going on mymindonmymoney.com. Right. So mymindonmymoney.com. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, you know, you got to keep your mind on your money and your money on your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So. So what I do um, practically like every month, I always have speaking engagements about something. Right. April was financial literacy a month. We're, now we're in May with mental health awareness month. And so what I was able to do in this month, I have a lot of different things coming up. I have a um, university called Rethinking Money University. 
Um, every third Saturday, we have, um, you know, some great speaking that happens. Um, I, I break down things like credit and business credit and budgeting um, on those calls. Um, I also have, a, you know, I'm actually having somebody come to do a money hypnosis um, to really just put us in the subconscious right state of prosperity. So that'll be coming up um, even in the month of June. But I also have like a couple like free workshops um, about like how many works. Um, that comes up um, that will that are you know really you know fun and interesting like you know abilities to do that how to understand your 401k and so I like to um, you know send it out to my email list to let them know like here goes a free one you know here goes one that has like a low cost um, and then here goes like you know join one of my programs you have to put maybe a bigger investment of your of your money time and energy into it but you're going to definitely get more efficient and quicker results and that's what we're looking for we're trying to look for results 2021 can't be the same as all of our other years cannot (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) i I tell people all the time there is no reason why you don't know something you know there was a time where we could just be thinking something in our head that we just have to like just live in that like how old is beyonce we could be thinking like how old is beyonce i wonder you know what I mean? And we could try to figure it out and then we just give up. But yeah. now we can Google anything in our lives and get the answer right away Instantly. For, for random information. So when we're looking at like financial literacy and different things like that, there's somebody who's already talking about it. And you can you can go through the process and go through every go to YouTube University and learn it all. That is definitely like a way to do it. Now, if you want accountability, somebody to hold your hand, somebody that you can actually talk to and speak to and ask questions to, then that's when you do a little bit of investment in yourself, mm-hmm. right? It's the way that you can invest in some shoes, a purse, and <laughs> all these other things. You can then also invest in knowledge and somebody to hold you accountable to making um, changes in your life. And Dr. Roche Brown is here to give you that knowledge. <laughs> invest in it. Well, I thank you so much. Truly appreciate you just enlightening us on our mental, our financial, and our overall just self-care. Is yeah. There, yeah. Is there anything, again, it being May Mental Health Awareness Month, is it anything you would speak to the audience to just, just educate them on? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, really the self-care is going to be the number one thing. I do suggest for people, you know, if you are thinking about therapy, just even thinking about it, like, oh, man, I wonder what a therapist might be like. Maybe I do need therapy. If that ever comes in your mind, in a time like this, and and it's very important, um, is don't delay, (laughs) like, kind of what you can do today. I, I have to say that because... You know, a lot of times people will hold it inside saying that they need therapy and they'll tell themselves that and procrastinate and then they'll have a good day and be like, no, I don't need it. I was tripping. And then they'll go years (laughs) with never getting services. And throughout this whole entire time, if you have ever told yourself you may want therapy, you're probably depleted. Something about you is getting depleted and more depleted and more depleted and more depleted. And so once you um, get to the point that you find it like, oh, I have to have therapy, it's going to take time mm-hmm. to actually get into services. And especially like, you know, since we've been in COVID land, if, you know, pre-COVID, there was stigma. I've been doing therapy since 2006. Mm-hmm. There was stigma around going to a therapist, thinking you crazy and all this kind of stuff. 
it was no kind of mental health awareness month that was happening at that time people weren't talking about mental health you didn't have like celebrities mentioning their mental health the way that it is today so the world is completely different you definitely didn't talk about mental health in the church Mm -hmm. the way that we talk about it now Mm -hmm. so the world has shifted where it's not as much stigma and covid um put people who maybe never even had a mental health issue now they like oh i think i should probably go get a therapy Right, like COVID changed the game for us. And so the demand on people who want therapy right now is so high. It's so high. And so it's important for you to get started like ASAP. So call your insurance company, whatever your insurance is, you do the work and you ask for a therapist. You can go to different websites of psychology today. If you need to invest in getting therapy, then you should invest in getting therapy. You should pay out even out of your pocket. If your insurance is not going to cover it, if you know that you need it, then you want to go ahead and pay into getting it. Um, so Psychology Today, there's Therapy for Black Girls. Uh, there's the Boris Henson Foundation, which is the Taraji P. Henson um, area. You guys want to take the time to look. There's um, Association of Black Psychologists. So there's resources that are out there for you to find a therapist. Even if you're just checking in with somebody once a month, if you're thinking about it, Act upon it and try it out. <laughs> That's what I would definitely say when we're talking about mental health awareness. If you look at your family, notice them, pay attention. I mean, suicidal rates right now are high as well, and it happens in the black community. Like, I know everybody thinks that it don't happen like that with us, but it does. <laughs> and so we have to start to pay attention to our babies, to people who are out there struggling. If you see somebody struggling, be just open to be a listening ear to them as well. Yeah. And then help them with some services. And this is serious. We're trying to drop that stigma of we don't need it, especially as black people. We need it probably yes. the most. <laughs> we need it. We have so much trauma in our bloodline. We need it the most. So we try to drop that stigma of you don't need to talk to somebody. Everyone needs to talk to someone. And I don't, I don't discount the level of like talking to your friends, right? People who have higher level support systems can manage things a lot better. You know what I mean? You can go through a breakup better if you got a girlfriend to talk about the breakup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Compared to being by yourself yeah. and isolated and alone and not be able to talk to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you, you, there's value in there. But what uh, a therapist can do that a friend can't do is that they can make the determination if you like, oh, you going to another level. Like you're not sleeping like you need to. Mm-hmm. You anxious all the time. You know, it's causing more difficulties. Oh, you need an actual poker skill. I, girl, I don't have none. Like, but a therapist does. You know what I mean? So, like, there's there's different tools that you'll be able to get when going to a therapist, as well as you don't feel like you're burdening other people with your problems. Yeah. Right? So, sometimes we hold things in because we're like, I don't want to tell everybody, like, I'm going through it again. I'm going through it again. So, you feel uh, shame about it, so you don't share it. But the therapist is there to be non-judgmental and listen to all your irrational thoughts and everything <laughs> that may come up for you that you may not want to share with other people. It's not going to hurt, but, you know, to try it. Yeah. If you're not in, in like, dire need, um, need right now, you're not in, like, a distress of any sort, then you can find the exact therapist that's going to feel the most relatable to you. You know, you, you can check out ethnicity preferences, gender preferences, whatever specialties they have. You know, you can you can do a little bit more do a little bit more due diligence in finding somebody compared to when you need need somebody, you're gonna have to take who's available. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? 
And that sometimes is difficult because you're in distress. Mm -hmm. And you're like, and I did the work. I got a therapist. And I don't even like this therapist, yeah. right? I don't want that to be people's experience afterwards. Yeah, you get to this desperate state. Like, somebody just help me. Anybody. You know, and it's, it's yes. just it's not the right fit. Yes. Because therapy relational. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's all about, like, relationships. So you do have to feel connected with the person. Yeah. And so if you if that person is too different from who you are, sometimes it can make you feel like you can't relate and you can't connect. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can't get the, um, you know, the services that you really need. Mm -hmm. It's serious. Your brain going to be like, let me go get me a therapist. Right. At let least me, for a little bit. I got to I got to dump some stuff out, clean out my brain, you know? Yeah. Talk to some Jesus. You know, you talk to Jesus too, but talk to therapists on top of it. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I have a good friend who has a, a clothing line that says, I talk to um, God and my therapist. That's right. Right? Like, <laughs> like I do I do both. Like, you don't do one without the other. Uh-huh. Need, need that balance. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I truly, I enjoyed this conversation. I thank you so much. But I thank you. I thank you for your time so much. I really do. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> you you got it done at 25 and you like I said you have all these titles under your belt and you're living up to them and you know thank you for being 14 and saying I'm going to help people <laughs> thank you thank you um, thank you so much Dr. Roche thank you no problem ding dong to my queen I want to thank all my guests this evening. You know, it truly warms my heart to be able to vibe with women of like minds. We have so much to offer this world, and it's a damn powerful move when we can offer it all together. Ladies, there are so many more conversations to come. I don't want you to miss one word. So make sure you subscribe to Her Pocketbook Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. <laughs>